Hi, Kirby. Hi, Sarah. Welcome, Welcome to Los Angeles. Welcome, Glamgelinos. We hope you stay a while. Cute. That's cute. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay. So I feel like we talk so much about makeup artists and we you know have the celebrity makeup artists on our podcast but there is someone who is quietly behind the scenes who make it possible for them to even do their work and she is on the podcast today so we are honored and thrilled thank you Grishon for coming on to Los Angeles thanks for having me and if you guys listen to M- Melissa Herkman's episode you've already heard the praises being sung about Grishon, like single-handedly keeping the industry sane. (laughs) She's like, that is correct. I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) Grishon, before we get into all of the nitty gritty of what you do and how important your job is to the industry, and then how we could apply these techniques to our at-home stashes, we want to know what's on your face. Like, what are some makeup products you're personally loving right now? Okay, somebody else did my face today. I believe it's... Yeah, I try not to do my own face. It's so she's tedious. Um, <laughs> he's, he's here. She's Oh, yeah, but it's, it's Shiseido. So it's a mixture of synchros, the self-refreshing, and the like, the reflecting light something. Um, and then a shit ton of Chanel. Yes. Speaking my language. Yes. A shit ton of Chanel is the way to go. That's our favorite tongue twister. We love it. We love it. So, okay. You started as a professional makeup artist, right? And then that led to you becoming a professional kit organizer. Can you walk us through that process? Like, how did you decide, okay, I'm going to quit doing makeup and I'm going to just focus solely on this. This is a business. Well, the pandemic happened, right? So I started departing on video for Instagram, just so my clients will know. I'm still using the brands they're accustomed to. It really wasn't for social media. It's just for my clients to feel like none of the products were downgraded even if it's been removed from its original packaging i guess people were watching and there was fiona styles who asked me first how much i would do it for because work was starting to get back to normal and she didn't have time like she used to when the pandemic was raging so yeah and then I think she posted it and then Anthony came joanna simkin you know so it just I don't know the English for that. It happened that way. Well, first of all, Grishan is a Filipino sister. So represent. You can speak Tagalog. I can translate for Kirby. But so were you always very organized, like very clean when it came to like your own vanity, your own makeup collection? It's because I have a shopping problem and I always want to try everything new. But I couldn't carry it all, especially because I was also doing hair. So that was important for me was to downsize just so I never have to feel like stuff sitting at home, not making me any money. Right. Because your kit is money. Can you kind of explain to people in terms of like for people that are not professional makeup artists, 
how much money were you spending on your kit at one point? I have a big problem that has nothing to do with the kit. Maybe twenty-five a year. Twenty-five thousand. I know it's bad. Don't do it, guys. Don't do it. Listen, you're preaching to the choir here. I mean, Kirby <laughs> and I get lots of obviously beauty samples, but like we understand the obsession around it. So it's this safe space. It's just been always my thing to figure out what's the best for the way I work specifically, because I only worked with elderly clients, like senior, mature. So it's very specific. Also, whatever's going to let me work faster, that was always been the goal. And more efficiently. Yes. Okay. So what is the first step when someone sends you their kit? So it's organization. There's making it so that you can see everything that you have, which I think is a big problem for a lot of people. And then also downsizing so that you're not carrying around a 30 pound kit, which is heavy, can cost a lot of money if you're traveling. So what is the first step to to getting everything organized? I ask the clients, I'm very strict. I ask the clients to do a kit edit, like take out what's expired. If it's going to expire, maybe it's, there's no point in departing it. Also things with wands. I don't want to bother with anything with the wand. It's so tedious. It's really not worth their money to do. Plus, I feel like some of the formulations can be affected. I'm not a cosmetic chemist, but that's just for me, it's common sense. Some things are meant to stay where they are. Right. And then I asked them to send me a video of their existing kit first. That way I know how to help them. I can imagine how these people work. Um, and then I want a video of the things they want to incorporate into the kit. So stuff that are new, they want to add it. Then that's how it works. It's like applying for a visa, basically. <laughs> I ask them all these <laughs> questions and then like, how big of a container do you want it to be in? Like which palette? There's so many kinds. Which bottle? Some people still want glass bottles. That's on them. But we have different sizes, you know, um, labeling. Do they want me to just transfer the existing label or do they want me to label it nicer with a brand logo? It's things like that. Grishan, so I love that you mentioned that initially when you were making these videos, it was to show your clients, I'm still using Chanel. I'm still using Tom Ford. It might not look different. It's not in the, the palette that we bought it in, but it's still the same product. One of my favorite things about your account is when you make the labels because she is like a little graphic designer. She's grabbing the Tom Ford logo. She's printing it out on her label maker and then applying it to these tiny sized products. Would you say that you do that primarily for the client, meaning like the client that sits in the makeup artist chair, or is that more of like an organizational thing for the makeup artists themselves? A lot of people, especially if it's, it's their first time to see things departed, their brain doesn't go directly. It's harder to find. That's why I think sometimes it helps to do the brand logo, but also for the clients, for the client's client. Basically, if I can elevate it, why not? Yeah. Totally. Because I think like a lot of people look down on the potting for a long time and clients feel insecure. Like they think that, oh, I'm going to lose my clientele if they don't see the brand I'm using. But having that logo there, I feel like lessens that insecurity somehow. I get that because Kirby, I mean, you even like you save compacts and packaging that's like really beautiful and memorable, you know, because it's just like a keepsake. So I can imagine that for some makeup artists, it's like really hard to let go of that. But when you need to be like efficient and organized, you have to. So I love that. 
Yeah, let's face it. I feel like the clients nowadays, before it would be two hours to do face. Now it's one hour. If you do well, 45, they'll literally take what they can. So I feel like whatever's going to make it easier for the artist. I always think in my head that I'm doing this for the assistants Mm. and the husbands and the partners that carry the kit to the car. They're always the nicest to me when I go to their houses. Oh my God, they love me. Thank you so much. I don't blame them. Oh my gosh. Okay, so as Kirby said, you are keeping the industry sane and organized with your work. What do you think is something that people might not know or realize about makeup artists and like the sheer amount of product that they have to work with? I think people don't realize how much stuff we have to carry. I think even other artists don't realize like the other day I got a comment in one of the posts that saying as artists we don't need that much but makeup is so vast like maybe if you only do bridal maybe it's a different thing but some people do creative and beauty film film and tv it's just we carry so much stuff and not just makeup basically we're for caregivers almost whatever the clients need to get through the day we carry for them. So whatever's going to keep their sanity so they can do their job better is what we do. Right. What products do you recommend? Like, let's say somebody comes to you and they have a budget. (laughs) They're like, I can't go all out. What's the thing that you tell people? Okay. If you're going to depot anything, if you're going to organize anything, this needs to be it. I think foundation, number one, because a lot of them are in opaque containers and glass. So I feel like it saves the most amount of stress and, you know, it speeds you up more. Plus, obviously, glass. Who wants to carry glass? It's so problematic when you're flying, especially. And then also lipsticks, because lipsticks, unless they come in a clear cap, you don't know what shades in there. And you have to literally open each. And with the time of COVID, no one should be really opening stuff and leaving it just lying there. Like makeup samples, you know? I was watching you depot a Charlotte Tilbury foundation. The I think it was like the Beautiful Skin Foundation. And you were pumping it into, or not pumping it, but you were pouring it into like a little plastic bottle. Mm-hmm. But I, I was looking, I'm like, did she pour all of it into? Mm-hmm. So like, can you talk about how you decide how much product should be depotted and, and what you do with the rest of the product that's still in the bottle? So usually that comes from the client. Okay. Yeah. If they usually want 15 mil, which is half of a standard size foundation, that's what I notice a lot of people like, unless they only carry seven shades and they're mixers. Then I tell them, okay, we're going to transfer it, but to a bigger plastic bottle. That way you're not spending your whole life refilling. Yeah. But it goes back to the client, the backstop, it stays in their backstop. Or sometimes some clients will say, I want to depot everything, but split it in two. So sometimes they have a New York kit, an LA kit, or they'll gift it to their assistants. It varies really. What is the best way to depot pressed eyeshadows and then lipsticks? What is your methodology there? Okay, for pressed eyeshadows, I always tend to require heat. So I have a Z-Potter. Basically, it's an induction stove that was modified to do makeup specifically. So I think that's brilliant. I won't do it without that. I have like 17 at the house just in case, <laughs> I don't know, just in case it goes away. <laughs> just, I refuse to do this without that. 
You're keeping them in business. I hope so. <laughs> but with lipsticks, I scoop into palettes. And I try to avoid metal palettes if unless they came from metal already. You know how sometimes you buy lipstick palettes in metal pants? Then I can do it in pants. But if it came from a tube, I will put it in something else because sometimes pants change, oxidizes the color. It changes the color of concealer, foundation, and lipsticks. We don't tend to see it right away with lipsticks, but it does. And I refuse to melt. A lot of people melt stuff. That's not my jam. Melt lipsticks? To make it flat and look pretty. Okay. So it's just for the aesthetic. Because it might affect the formula. Yeah, I don't do that. I feel like makeup, I love products so much. There's stuff I, I refuse to do. Yeah, and I feel like most makeup artists would agree with you. Oh, you'll be surprised. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. They, they want the aesthetic. They want the sleek, very smooth aesthetic. And you're like... To be fair, 99% of my clients won't do it. Okay, got it. Okay, Krishan, how do you feel about skincare and depotting skincare? I don't decant skincare. I just don't. Once again, not a cosmetic chemist. But the only time I will do it is if, let's say, it's Sisley Toner. I put it in the baby Sisley Toner, you know, in its original. That's the only exception. I refuse to. I mean, if a client asks me and they're paying, you know, it's their face. It's their problem. I'll do it. But personally, I don't. Why is that? Are you afraid of it changing? Yes. Losing its efficacy, number one. And two, especially if it's clean beauty, maybe it's meant to stay somewhere safer. I just don't mess with it. Can I ask you then, would you say, you know how they sell like at Target, the little mini pots, like plastic pots or plastic bottles. So it's like, oh, take your skincare that you have and use it to travel with. Is that a no-no for you then? Not for me. I just don't. Because also, my skincare is expensive. <laughs> so you suggest like buying the travel size or checking? That's for me the safest. Okay. That's the safest way for me to go. But for example, it already came in plastic. Maybe it wouldn't hurt if I put it in plastic too. But just for me, it's just, I don't know. Um, because it's like, we don't know if it's going to go bad. We also don't know how fast. Does it take three days? Does it take a year? By that time, it's already gone. So maybe it's okay. I just, I really don't know. I have no idea. And I feel like in your line of work too, you don't want your clients coming to you and being like, my, you know, whatever went bad. Why did you suggest we do this or whatever? So you're just like also protecting yourself in that way as well. That's the thing. I don't suggest at all. I ask them what they want. If I feel like it's, not a good idea. I say, are you sure? Because from my experience, this happens. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Sign this waiver. <laughs> yes. Prime example of this is if you were decanting a sunscreen into a smaller plastic bottle, perhaps like the sunscreen was in a plastic bottle, you're putting in a smaller plastic bottle you got from Target or wherever. A lot of those sunscreens, especially fluid ones, have the balls in them and you're meant to shake them so that it can help distribute the product the way it's meant to be used. So I could see a lot of problems happening there in general. Also, most sunscreens are in opaque containers. So the fact that you put it in clear, it's already a problem. Even in foundation, normally it's frosted. So I know someone who did that and it's the closest with the agitator balls inside, right? So they 
bought their own balls, decanted it, turns green. Because I guess they didn't use like surgical steel, whatever, right? So Einstein decided it was, sorry, (laughs) they decided, oh, they sell glass beads. Let's put glass beads. But Einstein, once again, put more than one glass bead. So that's like a lawsuit, right? If that went on my face. Oh my God. God, it's just one of those things. And I'm so helpful. Like in Instagram, I get so many DMs. I always answer as honestly as I could. But some people, they want the answer they want to hear. And they tell me when their face is bleeding and not before. So what are you going to do? Melissa said that Grishan would bring the spice. So I knew it. Oh, this is like number one. I took something to become. No, we love it. Some kind of edible. (laughs) (laughs) This is fabulous. You're giving us all of the tea that we want. So, oh my God, yes. I share everything except names. We don't do names, but I'm very open. It makes it more exciting that way. Another thing too, I just remembered it. Sometimes things that are older don't depart well. Like if it's not from this decade, it may not act the same way as when it was fresh, you know? And someone, I had a thing where a client was like, oh, why did this happen? It's like, oh, maybe just because it's older. Because sometimes the binders have evaporated. And when you're in the pot, it cracks. And she was like, oh, no, I just bought that in 2022. It's like, I'm sorry, no. That logo was six years old. This brand changed their logo. And this is not from this decade. You're like, uh, that was cute that you tried me, but I know better. No, no, I I literally had to show her. I think she really didn't know. I think when she bought it, they sold her something old, you know, but I had to show her this is Laura Mercier's new logo. That's old. I'm sorry. Mm, She got duped. Okay. So let's talk about how we can apply your practices as plebeians. Okay. We're not makeup artists, but everyone here listening our makeup connoisseurs. We love makeup, okay? So what are a few things that we can be doing? For instance, like how do we figure out whether we should toss or keep something? Like obviously expiration dates are big, but like, is there something, a lot of products don't have expiration dates anymore. Like they have the jar, but it's like, unless you're writing down when you opened up the little jar, you're like, what the hell? So you're like, when was 12 months ago? I don't know. How can we determine if something like a foundation or a lipstick or anything is, it's time to go? I think one is if it's in a tube, like let's say like the Laura Mercier tinted moisturizer, it comes in a tube and you shake it and you hear gloop, gloop, gloop. Like clearly it's separated. Even if you just bought it last week, maybe it's not good. The scent. If it smells like Crayola and you open it and you just smell crayons, it's done. Don't bother. Really, don't. Also, that's why I also tell the clients when they ask me, how come I asked you to do a cream blush palette, but you didn't put my Tata Harper with my makeup forever. So I I will say, yeah, I separated them because this is clean beauty. It'll probably expire faster. You don't want it with the pro stuff because once it smells, it makes the whole thing smell. And is there a potential for like cross-contamination? Like Once again, I don't know, but if it doesn't have preservatives and the others do, maybe it's not a good idea. Krishan, interrupting this question because I want to ask before I forget, like how long is a session usually take? Oh, it 
depends. Also in the city, like New Yorkers, I can do their kit in one day. In LA, it's very rare unless they come to help. Clients are encouraged to help. They're encouraged to bring an assistant too, because my goal is to teach them to maintain it. Okay. So then in that case, it could take days. Oh yeah. I've done one. Maybe the longest is like 45 hours. And you get paid by the hour. And then also they pay for the new containers and things like that. Okay. Correct. Yes. But they can bring it too. Whatever they can provide, I'll provide. Then they have to pay retail for that. I feel like I would want to participate because I want to see like how you're doing it one learning, but then I want to like know exactly where the product is going. It would help me to like better understand my kit. It's basically a free masterclass. Plus you get to choose the containers instead of going to one store where maybe you can buy two different choices. I have literally everything from every continent in the house. So you talked about how you have the plate that helps with the heat that you're obsessed with. What other tools do you think then a normal person could benefit from having? Anything that provides heat, maybe a flat hair straightening iron. Um, some people will use coffee mug warmer and things like that. You'll be surprised. Some people use a heat gun, but I'm not a fan of melting plastic. It's not my jam. I don't want to be high on that. So I just use induction stove. Some households already have induction stove, so maybe it's a plus. What about other tools? Oh, the spatula. I'm really obsessive just because I have different tools that go for different holes and I tag everything. But, you know, it's just... I try to use whatever I have in the house. Like when I did that Charlotte, I used a pencil holder and everyone went crazy. It's like, what is that tube holder? It's a pencil holder from Daiso. Oh, right. Okay. People were freaking out about, they're like, wow, that holder is so brilliant. And I didn't realize that was a pencil holder. That's so smart. Mm -hmm. It's like some people use it for their toothbrush to dry their toothbrush. So I'm like, I'm lazy. This is why I'm so organized and I want everything small. It's not because I have OCD. I'm lazy. I don't want to look for stuff. I don't want to carry stuff. My son walked at seven months because I used to refuse to carry him. So that's why I'm like, no, I'm not carrying a kid. My son's <laughs> probably still upset at me all this year for that. So we don't want feelings. You're not lazy. You're like, you're efficient. Mm, honestly, Laziness is the father of invention. Mother or father is one of those. <laughs> I'm going to go with father. I'm going to go with father of invention is laziness. Thank you. Mm -hmm. But I was going to ask you, the label making is truly, it's, it's ASMR, first of all, listening to you print things out and do all of this stuff. But for our listeners who are just crazy organized, I think that they want to know, what is the, the printer and label maker that you use that you prefer? My favorite is Brother Cube XP because it prints from 0.3 of an inch to one inch and a half. So it can get really small. Also, we can label everything in your household, like even in your kitchen and make a QR code. And when you scan it, it your phone just buys it, you know, like you, your phone goes to the link where to buy it. That's why I like that labeler because it does so many other features, not just labeling things. You can make barcodes, QR codes, and that's how you organize it. You scan your thing, add to cart. Brilliant. Brilliant. 
as I said, lazy. <laughs> I'm not going to go open a browser and find it. No. So on your Instagram, you have like the talking about ASMR, like the clean brushes, like hanging and drying. What is your favorite brush cleaner? For spot cleaning, just to remove the gunk out, it's Parian Spirit. It's my favorite brush cleaner. I also use it to clean the makeup all around the studio. And it's the best adhesive remover. That's what I use under the eyeshadow pans. But for soap, I still love the Beauty Blender soap. The pro solid one. That's still my favorite. And I think there's one more at Reed Clark that Fiona has. I forget the name. Takeda. That's brilliant. I'm going to look into that one. If it dries and cleans and dries with no residue. You had like a spa, like a brush spa. That's new. It's called Brush Doc. Brush Doc. Uh-huh. So it's like the Brush Doctor. So they're from Ireland and they have a brush oil. And it doesn't soak because most of the water's outside. So the machine is almost like clear. So you're not soaking your ferrule. But because, you know, who wants to go do this? When you can just do that. It's so cool. It's like a little jacuzzi and you dip it in the oil, right? And then you put it in there and it just gets the bristles. And I mean, her brushes were stark white. I was shook at how clean these were. There was also something else that I saw that you used that you said instead of bleach, mm -hmm. it's this combination of something else. Can you talk to us about that product? I don't know the science of it, the chemistry, but it's force of nature. So basically, they come in these capsules and you add it to the water and it electrolyzes it. And you can use that for two weeks for anything. And it's non-toxic. It's safe for babies, for pets. Mothers use it for breast pump and refreshing things in the house. And the machine, there's a light that starts out green. And then over time, it becomes yellow, orange. When it's red, it's time to change it mix a new solution. So essentially, you're just buying the capsules all the time. Oh, that's really cool. I'll have to get that. Yeah, Sarah, because Sarah's eight months pregnant. So no, it's really great. I'll send it to you. Don't add to part. I'll gift it to you and the baby. Oh, my God. So sweet. A little pregnancy gift. That's so sweet. Because <laughs> yeah, the, the cleaning of the breast pump is like, I'm not looking forward to that. It even said spray and no rinse needed. Can you believe it? That's fabulous. I was like, okay, if the babies can swallow that, my brushes can take it. Oh my God, amazing. Okay, we need to look more into that, Kirby. Okay, so I imagine, you know, after you're cleaning out people's kits, yours, yourself too, there's a lot of like either products that you realize it's not for you, you don't want it in your kit, but it's still in a good condition. It's not used where you can donate it. Same with like brushes and tools. Do you have any favorite places where you like to donate? Yes, I donate to the artist's arsenal. It, they donate to people that lost their kits from various reasons, like weather incident, separation from spouse, from theft. So she's able to reach other clients, or other artists in smaller cities. Because I feel like in big cities, we always know where to donate stuff. But the other ones, the smaller ones, it's hard. Some of them don't even have Sephora. Mm -hmm. So we donate a lot of stuff that can get them back to work while they're rebuilding. I love that. Which celebrity makeup artist has the best kit? Oh, that's hard. In terms of what? Because Rob Sheppy's here and his kit is my baby. <laughs> 
Why? Why is Rob's kit your baby? <laughs> so, because he's obsessive more than me, actually, which is kind of hard. How often are you updating his kit? He's updating it again every time I see him. Every Tuesday, we're updating his kit. How often do you suggest to your clients to update their kit? It's hard to say those things because they constantly get products, you know, but like Dendal, Denica. Sorry, sometimes I don't know their names. I just know their Instagram names. Like Denica, it was pristine. With Ash, I love her setup because Ash has a, I don't know her clients' names, but maybe let's pretend uh, she maybe has a Ariana kit and a Kris Jenner kit. So then it makes me happy because I know that she's never lugging so much stuff. Because I think that's the smartest way to go if you're doing celebrity. And you work with the celebrity consistently, like having a kit for each person. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's smart. But Alex French's kit was fun because, you know, she does everything. She does movies and red carpet and creative. So that was, <laughs> my house is still glittery and my husband hasn't recovered. So typically, do you go to their house or they bring their stuff to your house? I used to go to their houses, but I realized it's best for them to come and shop the shelf. You mean like shop like what you have to offer or? Mm -hmm. Make those choices of bottles. I have like 30 kinds of bottles and palettes and bags to go in after. It must be so fun to customize it in that way. It's fun until you realize you need a bigger house. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger because people are coming up with a lot of stuff. So, I mean, it's just like their makeup collection, I'm assuming, you know, when they get so much PR and they get a lot of products, their house is probably exploding with product. My house is exploding with bottles. You're like container store. Uh-huh. What are your favorite palettes to put eyeshadow and like blush pans in? I like Mio. I collabed with Mio. What I like about it is the magnet is so thin, but it's so strong. Normally, magnets that strong are usually heavy, but there are other brands. My Kitpap, it's this small, like your iPhone, but it's double-sided. But you fight with gravity. I'm not fighting with gravity. I know I will lose. But, you know, there's other stuff. It also varies. Sometimes they're from a different country and they don't have access to that. So it's Z-Palette and Z-Palette's available everywhere. Okay, this is the last question. This is kind of a spicy question, Grishan, and I'm curious to know the why of it all. Have you ever refused to do somebody's kit? No, but someone asked me once, how come you didn't post my kit? I said, because you'll never work again. It was that dirty. Oh, gosh. (laughs) I still cry in the shower sometimes. (laughs) Traumatized. You take a STD test after you take all these tests. And this person but was we're not like a names. No, no. But this person was like a working, successful. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was just like I never thought I would see anything like that. So that's kind of a a word to the wise. If you're getting your makeup professionally done and their kit is like a tornado went through it and there's film and dust and everything, makeup everywhere, that's a That's a sign that maybe they're not taking care of their products the way they should be. Correct. Or it melted in the trunk for six days, something. 
and yeah, and they didn't take care of it. I have no words sometimes for the stuff that comes through, but that's one percent. To be fair, that's like one percent. I've seen stuff where everything's like expired, just old, or some that are like you know how paint pots and things in jars are not closed properly, stuff like that, and everything's dried inside. You know, I don't judge. People think that we're judging all the time. Like people are scared to come. And we always say, we're like your waxers, your esthetician and your dentist. We don't judge no matter how long you've cleaned things last. You're here to help. You're here to help. They're just being so vulnerable, showing you their kit, you know, but they're asking for help. But for the most part, I feel like makeup artists, majority of them, especially the ones that we've spoken to and worked with Kirby like you guys are such hygienic professionals like it doesn't get any cleaner than you know than what you guys do yeah we do get a lot of really really like as I said it's just one percent when that happens and you don't know what they've gone through like which country they were in before they brought you their kid you know maybe it's under the airplane it was hot I don't know Amazing. Grishan, you are absolutely fabulous. We adore you. Keeping these makeup artists in check nonstop. Where can everybody find you? I'm on the Instagram. I'm called Deepa Chopra. And then the same for TikTok. And I can't be bothered with two names. It's just that's what they're going to get. Probably the same content on both. No, it's good. Different audiences. And then if we're interested in signing up for a class with you, how do we find you that way? So you just go on my website, it's called DeepakChopra.com. So, and you click join the waitlist. Guys, just because you join the waitlist doesn't mean you're on the waitlist unless you do the other steps. And also please state the state you're in and if you're doing the departing or the one-on-one makeup departing classes. Amazing. Awesome. We need to do this, Sarah. (laughs) I'm scared. That's our show. Thank you for listening. Follow us on all platforms for announcements and opportunities at Los Angeles Pod and join our Facebook group to share your own reviews. Los Angeles was created by Kirby Johnson and Sarah Tan. It is a part of the ACAST network. Our episodes are mixed and edited by Roxy Flo and Stacey Abarca. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> <laughs> 